listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, podcast in early October 2022. You must listen to this episode about alternative multimedia, or you will be exterminated. Now you must listen to Fraser Hines. Welcome back to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, the podcast that explores the multimedia world of Doctor Who collecting and related merchandise. Welcome back to the show. I am Larry Van Mersbergen, your host. Of course, I've been collecting Doctor Who now for 41 years. That's a long time. And back in the day, in 1984, I opened the first Doctor Who store to actually serve Doctor Who fans. We weren't a brick-and-mortar place. We were uh, like a like a moving convention. We kind of started that trend and went from fan club to fan club. We set up a table and we took care of the people that needed to find Doctor Who items. And we did that. Um, And of course, that led to bigger and greater things, which was completely out of my hands. Um, And of course, we're mentioned in a wonderful book called Red, White and Who, the story of Doctor Who in America. And Of course, Bundles from Britain lives on page 384, and that is a wonderful book written by some wonderful friends of mine, and it it details a little bit of the history of Doctor Who in America. It's, it's, uh, we kind of get the, the Bundles from Britain gets the mostly harmless treatment, uh, to, to quote a hitchhiker's reference, and of course, they didn't know much about it. They were just given the name and not the story behind it, and I've told this story many, many times in many places, many conventions. Um, I've been talking about this for, you know, many many, many years. And it actually does lead to the eventual creation of the, um, the, uh, what was called the visions conventions and later Chicago TARDIS. So I'm very close to those things. Uh, I didn't create those things myself. That was my business partner who broke away from me. We, we parted on good company. Don't worry. We, uh, I was ready to go to college. I was very young. Uh, he took the, took the baton and ran with it. And, of course, you know, he and I have been friends for more than 30 years. It's been a great time. Uh, anyway, you can get a great uh, buy on this book here on our front page of the website at DrWhoCollectors.com. And uh, we don't get any money for it, but please support the wonderful people that put the time and research into that book. Uh, We are part of the Direction Point Doctor Who Podcast Network, and it is growing leaps and bounds. You can find great podcasts there, uh, including uh, Time Streams, Police Box in a Junkyard, the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the old Doctor Who show, Traveling the Vortex, and now welcoming Doctor Who Literature. So for more information, go to directionpoint.org. Uh, Speaking of links, of course, I always include two wonderful links for collectors. If you're new to the podcast, you don't have to go back to old episodes for this information. If you've already heard this, you can hit the 30-second fast-forward. But anyway, first one includes timelash.com, and under that heading, the TARDIS library. Create a free account today just to keep track of your media items from Doctor Who. That's anything that's film, uh, videotape, laser disc, paperback, hardcover, uh, record, 
uh, cassette, anything like that you can keep track of. You can also create want lists. In many cases, he's got uh, Amazon links to some products. Uh, sometimes there's an eBay link if one is available. Um, I will be doing a masterclass on how to do the correct searches on eBay very soon uh, to help collectors and also to work with a books to help find you the books you need to fill your collection. Uh, special thanks to Dan O'Malley for the Timelash.com website. If you need to do some research, you need to find out if an item exists or an item has some information or what the original price might have been, then you need Howe's Transcendental Toy Box. You'll find that at DoctorWhoToyBox.co.uk, and that is run, of course, by our good friend David J. Howe, who you will see virtually at Doctoberfest coming up in October 22nd here in outside, just outside Indianapolis. I'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Um, of course, if you're shopping for Doctor Who items, then you need to look no further than DoctorWhoStore.com. It's in the name. Um, and that is where my former, my former partner and good friend Gene Smith uh, runs Alien Entertainment. And uh, they are running sales on many items. They recently sold a copy of Doctor Who and the Smugglers hardcover. Um, they had one, a non-library copy, very unusual to have. Uh, they had one. Uh, they have a lot of science fiction items there, too. They're open Wednesday through Saturday. Uh, if you shop online, you can choose free pickup from the store if you're local to Chicago area, western suburbs. Visit the store in downtown Lombard. It's a wonderful place. Usually uh, Karen is there or one of the employees. They're always nice and they'll always take good care of you. You can also buy from uh, Forbidden, Forbidden Planet, which is one of our sponsors, but you need, don't need to go anywhere. You just need to go to our website, DoctorWhoCollectors.com, click on Merchandise Links, and you can shop for your favorite fav, uh, Forbidden Planet items and also help the podcast. It's because we get a small proceed from anything you buy through us. Also, uh, don't forget our own eBay store. We have a wonderful selection of Target books, hardcover books, and other goodies and outside of Doctor Who items as well. And all proceeds benefit the podcast. <coughs> In addition to all podcasts posted on our website, we also have one of the first and complete guides to the Doctor Who classic hardcover books. Those are the books published by Alan Wingate through W.H. Allen from the Auton Invasion to the Smugglers, 1974 to 1988. We even list the Muller uh, books, the White Lion books, the Aeonian slash Amaron uh, prints, and also the Nelson Doubleday books. Any hardcover classic Doctor Who book that fits in that timeline in publication order, including ISBN number, and we try to update what the current going price is. What we found on closed auction sites, we don't use open auction sites for prices because that's not accurate, uh, or something listed on Amazon or a books. Uh, also, it could sit on a books for months. So that also is not an accurate way to keep prices. But check it out. Uh, we've just received some new sources to help uh, up that guide. So we're going to keep that up and running for you. It's free of use. We are now counting down to Chicago TARDIS. Uh, that is coming up uh, during this coming Thanksgiving weekend at the wonderful Westin Hotel in beautiful Lombard. Um, so far, here are the guests for Chicago TARDIS. We have Sylvester McCoy, the Seventh Doctor. Fraser Hines will be there, of course. Uh, Jason Haigellery, the CEO of Big Finish. We have Sophie Aldred, who plays Ace in the old and new series. 
And we also have Lauren Cornelius, who plays Dodo Chaplet for Big Finish. And if you've been following this podcast and you remember the interview I did with Lauren not long ago, uh, I made a promise to her that uh, if she came back to Chicago, we would uh, I would take her out for Chicago pizza. And so it's on. Uh, she's coming back to Chicago. And in addition to that, Fraser Hines wants to come along. So this might be a very fun adventure. I may even have to just hit the record button and see what happens uh, if, if I get their permission. We'll see what happens. Um, also, uh, for this here, we've got uh, Stephen Noonan, who plays the first Doctor for Big Finish, and uh, the very talented Tim Traylor who voices the third Doctor. I can't wait to meet him. Um, since I met John Pertwee back in the 80s, I, I just absolutely, he's my favorite Doctor from my childhood. And lastly announced, the wonderful Wendy Padbury will be there. She played, of course, Zoe Harriet uh, with the second Doctor. So I would look, keep a lookout for special photo packages, such as Ace and the Seventh Doctor and Jamie and Zoe. So if you're if you're a favorite of cosplay for the second Doctor, that might be your opportunity to do that. Do this while they're still coming to the conventions. Um, I, of course, uh, it, it is the best convention in the Midwest. Uh, we're not Gallifrey One, but we are Chicago TARDIS, and we are our own great convention. So please, you know, don't compare apples to oranges here. We are a different convention. Um, I, I've been honored to be the collecting expert for Doctor Who uh, Chicago TARDIS, and um, I present uh, Doctor Who Collecting this year. Uh, we're hoping to get Doctor Who Collector's Showcase off the ground. That's a little different show than I've done in the past couple of years. Um, but I've also done the virtual panel, so if you want to check out my show, you can go to the uh, YouTube page for Chicago TARDIS or my YouTube page at Doctor Who Collector's podcast you can select the playlists and you'll find that video and other great videos on our youtube page special thank you to our sponsors i've already mentioned forbidden planet but don't forget bags unlimited incorporated that's bagsunlimited.com for all your protection needs they have bags for virtually everything uh not everything but most things um and of course you can uh you know do that you know on uh, you know we have that that wonderful uh, protection uh, program here that collection protection is brought to you by them. So one more link I want to share, of course, is Telos Publications. That's telos.co.uk. They do ship to the United States. And if they don't, they also list where you can get it in the United States, sometimes Who North America, sometimes Alien Entertainment or another um, retailer. What's going on? Well, I've already talked about um, one thing, Chicago TARDIS. That's, I'll mention that again. But you can see me presenting uh, two collecting panels at Doctoberfest. That's in Indianapolis, Indiana on Saturday, October 22nd at the Holiday Inn in Camby. Tickets are still available from Who North America. So put that into your Google machine or Doctoberfest 2022 or find the Facebook page and you can get more information. Virtual guests this year include uh, some wonderful people, including some of my friends, David J. Howe, Sadie Miller, and Keith Barnfather. Um, and, of course, uh, I will be presenting there as well. Uh, you'll also see me at Chicago TARDIS 2022. Uh, so keep uh, watch the space for uh, updates. I've presented a, I've, I've basically proposed a bunch of ideas for panels. I usually get them, but there's no guarantee, of course. So uh, keep that in mind. And uh, with any luck, I'll be returning to the Gathering of the Geeks at Consinity 2023 uh, in uh, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Milwaukee School of Engineering University. 
I will also be appearing in cosplay for the very first time in my life. I've never done it before. Uh, I will be the fifth doctor, and you can see a preview picture of that costume on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I've got them all there. Lots of positive feedback so far from uh, my dear friends uh, asking me, you know, where did I get everything from? And uh, most of the costume is handmade. So uh, some of the things I got, like the cricket sweater, I ordered from a cricket sweater supplier in the UK. The fedora hat I got from a hat distributor. Uh, the band was made specifically for that. Um, the trousers were handmade with the suspenders, uh, with the question marks and all that. And the shirt was handmade as well. The jacket was handmade also. Um, so I can't wait to, to, I also have a real cricket ball and I have a replica sonic screwdriver, uh, for the fifth doctor. He's always been my, one of my favorites. And, uh, I was supposed to play the fifth doctor in a film that my fan club was going to make, uh, back in 1984 called the shadow Lord from the many companions of doctor who we even had a fictional seventh doctor, which we didn't know was even going to happen at that point. Uh, so it was really quite fun. Um, also, uh, just, uh, just keep that in mind, uh, new to the collection. Uh, this is what came in, uh, since the last recording, I got a script book, uh, that contains six original scripts of Shada. And I found out that that came with the UK VHS edition of Shada. So this book was by itself and I was curious about it. So I picked it up. It wasn't very expensive. Uh, but now I got to find a copy of the VHS tape, which shouldn't be too hard at all. Um, I did get a copy of Doctor Who and the Daleks on the White Lion publisher, and I didn't realize there were two different variants of that book. There was a variant with a dust jacket, uh, which I was hoping for, but I got the other variant, which is a laminated cover. It's not a library laminated cover of the dust jacket. This is an actual laminated book. It is ex-library, um, but it's a wonderful copy and very hard to find those books. Uh, also, I got a book set which contains some of the newer Target books that were shrink-wrapped together without a slipcase. So I was curious about it. I checked the barcode in the ISBN, and those came back as Doctor Who and the Cybermen. But it includes the, that, plus the Crusaders, the Autumn Invasion, the Cave Monsters, the Abominable Snowmen, and Doctor Who and the Daleks in one package. Uh, some people have come back to me with maybe a bookstore did it, or a retail outlet shrink-wrapped it and put their own price on it. Um, I kept them in the shrink-wrap. I thought it was interesting. It's a collectible, and and I thought, what a cool thing. Um, also, uh, I got a, a TARDIS Corgi set from uh, 2003, the Corgi Toy Company. Uh, inside the TARDIS, it unfolds and it has Bessie, Davros, K9, Dalek, and Cyberman figures, all uh, metal, metal figures there. Very cool. And today I just got um, a copy of Bessie Come Home by Paul Majors, read by Stephanie Cole on CD from BBC Audio. I am very curious to listen to this. It's stories about uh, a brand new feature story featuring the Doctor's car, Bessie. So it's it's one CD running time about one hour and 18 minutes. So I'll be listening to that into the car this week and I'll report back on that. Um, so that's all that's uh, coming in for the collection this month. Uh, we'll, we'll update you on the next episode with what that happens as we get closer to convention season. We'll be doing a few more episodes just for that.
Um, any case, uh, trying to find, oh, I forgot about one more other thing too. I also got a Doctor Who Virgin Books bookstore display. It is 10 inches by 40 inches long. I'm trying to find a bag to fit it, but it's really nice. And uh, I don't remember seeing this. It probably came from the UK uh, and it's beautiful. I just, I just love that. So we we talk with collectors. Let's talk about your collection. Share your story with me. Guest host the program. I'll turn the microphone over to you. You can talk about your collection. I'm happy to moderate and answer questions or just listen and just enjoy your talk because we just enjoy the, the art of collecting is a very important thing. So you can just email me at doctorwhocollectorspodcast at gmail.com and we can get that together. So on today's show, uh, I'm covering the alternate media of Doctor Sad, Who. Right, isn't it? Two items people spend all that time here. making nice Valley, things, and other people Doctor come along and break them. The show projector from 1965, and the Doctor Who v, uh, um, what do we call Viewmaster uh, slides from the late uh, early 80s, uh, and that's uh, with, uh, of course, the State of Decay and Castro Valva, these three dimensional. Uh, pictures that needed a special viewer or a projector to see. I have both a projector and a viewmaster, so uh, I will see what I can do about putting a video together for that for our Patreon fans. So uh, make sure that you uh, find us on Patreon. By the way, uh, the, you can find us there at uh, at patreon.com backslash Dr. Who Collectors Podcast at the fifteen dollar level or above. You get full access to all of our extra content. You won't find it anywhere else. And uh, especially the video interviews uh, where we're showing the stuff out, you know, out and we're we're talking with our guests live. You can see them. And, you know, it's really a lot of fun. And plus, all the proceeds help us keep on the air. So you can be a sponsor at any level, of course. Uh, you can also support us at Podbean. That's drwhocollectors.podbean.com and click on the patron button. Of course, Money is always a, a problem here, but we want to—we are still raising money to bring Doctor Who legend Peter Purvis to our podcast. He, of course, played Stephen Taylor with the first Doctor. Our goal is exactly what the agents are asking for, and that's $271. One person could knock that out if you wanted to hear Peter's interview. You, of course, would get early access to that interview um, through, uh, I would basically I would email you that episode or share it with you first about a week before it gets aired. Uh, and then, of course, we will mention you on the podcast as a sponsor of that segment. And uh, Mr. Purvis, of course, uh, will thank you as well. Uh, so your sponsorship will be included there. So you can go to our website at drwhocollectors.com, click the Donate button, and make sure you put Peter Purvis in the message. Any money we receive above that 271 for Peter Purvis will go to Mr. Purvis as an honorarium if he'll accept accept it. Our theme song is Who's Doctor Who, composed by Barry Mason and Les Reed, performed by Fraser Hines. In addition to Fraser on the track, we learned that Jimmy Page plays guitar. He's from Led Zeppelin, and I believe the drummer is from Lady Marmalade. So quite a quite a crew there. I mean, if you listen to that guitar work on there, it's quite amazing. Um, but Les and Reed, uh, Mason and Reed, of course, wrote many hits, most of them for uh, Tom Jones, but they also wrote for Edison Lighthouse and other people, too. So check that out. Wonderful stuff. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be coming up with collection protection, the main story, and our most outrageous offer. Stay tuned. Are you ready to travel through time with us? Then check out Traveling the Vortex, a Doctor Who podcast. 
For nearly seven years and more than 500 episodes, we've traveled from one end of the vortex to the other, making different stops with different doctors, reviewing everything from TV stories to audio plays, from books to comics, and more. Sean, Keith, and Glenn take you on a journey through 50-plus years of Doctor Who episodes and spinoff materials. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, so be sure to check us out. And now, we're a proud member of Direction Point, a Doctor Who podcast network. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Hi, I'm Juliet. And I'm Nathan. Experience Doctor Who from the very beginning through a classic fan's eyes. And through the eyes of a new Who fan. Reminisce and relive those classic moments with Nathan as he offers fun insight. Or experience them for the first time with Juliet as she dwells on social issues, history, fashion, and the size of a flashlight. We're the Time Streams Podcast. Find us on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Sad, Red, isn't it? People spend all that time making nice things, and other people come along and break them. And now it's time for collection protection. Today I want to talk about something very specific and very, very important for the important collector who wants to keep their gatefold vinyl albums, and I'm talking about the ones from Big Finish or the ones from 1970s or or something that's a little bit larger than a standard LP, and there's a few of those in the Doctor Who world, but uh, Bags Unlimited Incorporated, one of our sponsors, has come out with a brand new archival 12-inch LP gatefold sleeve. It measures 25 and a half by 12 and 13 sixteenths on the inside, 4 mil polyester with two pockets. So, there's a center slit, so you could slide your gatefold um, album into that to keep it from folding. Basically, it would keep the album straight, which is another way, uh, you know, there's a lot of argument out there about how you should keep gatefold albums. You know, if you keep them folded, then they actually, the binding wears down over time, or should you flatten them out and leave them open? Well, when they're printed, they're printed open, obviously, and then they're folded and the album's inserted. And I noticed uh, just from one of the big Finnish albums I got, I think it was Dalek Universe 2. When I got the initial order and I pre-ordered the album, um, it came and it came uh, shipped and then it came with a letter saying, we are very sorry, we accidentally sent you a misprinted um, album sleeve, and it's true, the binding didn't have any printing on it. So I thought, hey, accidental collectible. That's another another topic. But the other thing was, was when they sent the replacement sleeve, like they promised to, it was sent flat. It wasn't sent folded. So I thought, hmm, I wonder if that's the way it should be kept. But anyway, these are museum-grade archival sleeves. In other words, this is permanent storage. This is not for every collector. So if you're not a collector who's looking to keep things forever, um, then maybe you can you know hit the thirty second forward on this one. Anyway, these are um, these are these fits over the gatefold jacket, uh, seventh eighth slit in the center, so you can still fold it if you need to, or you could keep it open, um, and you can get uh, ten of these. For $74.43. And that's the museum grade quality. You gotta, you know, you, the more you wanna protect something, the more you're gonna pay for it. And I know that um, 
when I recently got some museum-grade poster backing boards, a set of five was almost $80. And boy, is it worth it. That material is solid. I mean, it will not, you know, it's acid-free. It's not going to yellow with age. It's not going to change. Um, and if you're, the, if you're a hardcore collector and you're looking for something really interesting, now I'm going to have this link to this product on our website. Um, and... I think you should check it out if you want to keep your gatefold albums. And by the way, if you collect other gatefold albums, I have several uh, in, outside of the Doctor Who world. I have uh, Beatles records. I have older records that are gatefold itself. And I thought, well, this might be the solution. But, you know, uh, and of course, there is a quantity discount, too. You know, if you if you buy 25, it's $153.91. If you buy 50, it's $281.83. You buy 100 of them, it's $485.48. So there is a little bit of a break of the price. And by the way, these prices are subject to change and it doesn't include tax and shipping. So uh, check this out on, on the website, drwhocollectors.com. Select this podcast episode, right? It'll be right at the top of the page if, if uh, you're just looking there or slightly beyond that. And you'll find that information under collection protection on the page there. So I'm um, talking about museum grade archival gatefold sleeves. Um, I've talked to Bags Unlimited about them, and they were unable, because of the uh, cost involved, they, they usually typically will send me a couple of samples to, to try out, but they said they could not on this case here because of the cost of these sleeves. So I, I of course, respect that. That's, you know, got to make money, but, uh, you know, I, I said I would talk about them anyway, and they, they always are happy that we talk about them. Uh, BagsUnlimited.com, 1-800-767-2247. If you do call, make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. That's collection protection. Stay tuned. Up there is the scanner. Those are the doors. That is a chair with a panda on it. Sheer poetry, dear boy. And now it's time for the main story. Today, I decided to do some research into some alternative media that was produced for Doctor Who by two different companies who also produced this media for other types of shows and cartoons and things of that nature. So it was kind of interesting that, that there was a large gap in time between these two things, but it was really cool that they were marketing some of these things prior to when videotape recording was available. And even in the 80s, when uh, that stuff was available, but it was still aimed at getting kids involved in different aspects of, of television and media. So I'm going to talk about two different uh, areas of collectibles today. We're going to start back <clears throat> with the Chad Valley Company. Uh, the Chad Valley Company has its roots in a printing business that was established by Anthony Bunn Johnson uh, in the early 19th century in Birmingham. Um, and basically, uh, he moved uh, the company to Harborn to a stream, a valley with a stream, I guess, that's called Chad Brook. So he gave the name Chad Valley uh, after the name of the area. So that was kind of cool. Um, they actually have a very interesting history. They, they expanded their range to soft toys before World War I, where they mass produced the new teddy bears. And in 1938, the company received a royal warrant as toy makers to the Queen when per the late Princess Elizabeth uh, became the Queen in 1952. 
the warrant was changed to read uh, toy makers to His Majesty Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, because it, it transferred to her mother. Uh, the company moved away from manufacturing toys in the Second World War, and instead uh, they helped the war effort by making wooden instrument cases for barrels and anti-craft guns, hospital beds, and electrical coils and such, as many companies did during that time. Uh, the box cover of a 1930 jigsaw of Canard's RMS Aquitania made by the Chow Valley Company. Uh, so it's basically kind of cool. I have, I'm going to have a picture of that on the website. So you can check that out. In 1945, they after the war was over, they resumed toy instruction, toy production. They made tin plate toys uh, for you know basically that they eventually outsourced to another company, and a new tin plate rage which was success in 1946. So they started doing more in-house stuff. Uh, they purchased the Birmingham Metal Corps Company called A.S. Cartwright to cut and fold metal. So this is really kind of interesting. And then in 1956, the radio broadcaster Kenneth Horn became the director of the company, and the company became one of the UK's leading toy makers of the 20th century. And by 1960, it was operating seven factories, employing a thousand people. And in the 70s, though, unfortunately, it had to close due to cutbacks in the economy changing. So interesting enough, in 1975, two factories remained. And the company was taken over by Palatoy. That should be a, a name that rings a, a bell with you since they made the talking Dalek, the, um, the talking canine. Uh, so interesting stuff there. The brand name was then bought by a different company in 1988 uh, by Woolworths and remained in use until 2009 when Woolworths declared bankruptcy. So um, the home retail group... Uh, purchased the brand for five million pounds in uh, 2009, and Chad Valley became the exclusive property at Argos. And in March of 2016, Sainsbury's bought the home retail group, and Chad Valley is now a brand of Sainsbury's. That's another name that should pop into your head because Sainsbury's had a ma had a major deal with Big Finish Productions to produce special release vinyl recordings. So there you have it. That's the, the brief history of the Chad Valley Company. But why is it important here? Now, many of you already know, because I said Chad Valley, and it's a popular item. Um, the Doctor Who Give a Show projector was produced in 1965. It came with a flashlight-like projector and 112 color slides that created 16 complete stories. It comes in a very large box with really good artwork on the front cover. So you can see photos on our website, or you can Google this. There's many photos out there. Um, a lot of listings for this particular item call it ultra-rare, which is a word I really avoid using. But I will, I will contest that because I've counted more than 40 for sale in the last couple of years, and more and more are popping up every day. You can find them anywhere from $300 on up, depending on the condition of the box and whether the projector works or if all the slides are present. Uh, I have one in my collection. The projector does work. Many of the slides have been warped, though, over years of being stored in a damp environment. Uh, but however, I can, with a little straightening, I can get the slides to work just fine. Uh, this was a great way to enjoy Doctor Who by projecting these stories on a wall or a movie screen back in the mid-60s. It was one of the ways alternative media was used since, of course, video recording was not available at this time. Uh, Give a Show also did uh, other releases, too, with Mickey Mouse, Popeye the Sailor, The Jungle Book, and in the late 70s, Star Wars. 
you can view all of these slides in the extra features of a copy of Doctor Who and the Zarbi on DVD. We moved to the 1980s. That's a long gap from 1965, but there wasn't much produced in this type of media. Maybe um, when I'm thinking of things that would be projected or viewed um, in, a, in a media type of fashion, uh, there were a lot of uh, promotional photos, BBC-issued photos, lobby cards and things like that, posters, but that's a whole different subject. Viewmaster might be a, a name you might know. It's a trademark name of a line of special format stereoscopes and corresponding Viewmaster reels, which are thin cardboard discs containing seven stereoscopic 3D pairs of small transparent color photographs on film. It was originally manufactured and sold by Sawyers. So the Viewmaster system was introduced in 1939. Four years after the advent of Kodachrome Color Film, and some of you young people are scratching their heads, but that's okay. You can always Google what you don't understand. Um, they made the use of small, high-quality photographic color images practical. Tourist attraction and travel views predominated in Viewmaster's early list of reels, most of which were meant to be of interest of users of all ages. Most of the Viewmaster reels, though, are intended for children. In 1966, Sawyer's was acquired, I should say, by the General Aniline and Film Company, better known as GAF. And as a kid, I remember GAF very well. They were in all the Sears and Montgomery Ward's catalogs. And once again, my younger listeners scratching their head, use your Google machine to figure out what I just said. Um, anyway, under GAF's ownership, Viewmaster Reels began to feature fewer scenic and more child-friendly subjects, obviously to expand their market. So toys and cartoons. Television series were featured on Viewmaster Reels, such as Doctor Who, which was only sold in the UK, Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, Star Trek, The Man from U.N.C.L.E., Family Affair, Here's Lucy, and The Beverly Hillbillies. And uh, actor Henry Fonda did a number of TV commercials for the Viewmaster product. From 1970 to 1997, there were versions of Talking Viewmasters, which included audio technology with the reels of three major designs and increasing sophistication. Of course, in the early 70s, they had the Viewmaster rear screen projector. I have one of those, um, and uh, that's kind of a neat way of, uh, at conventions, I'll show the Doctor Who Viewmasters through that, which is kind of neat. It's a small image, but at least everybody can see it. Uh, there was also a screen projector, a tabletop projector that had displayed images from picture wheels, and I have one of those as well. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work with the Doctor Who reels. In 1980, they released the Showbeam Projector, another one that combined their uh, stereoscopic and flashlight technology to produce a handheld projector. The beam used small film cartridges and were plugged into the side. That's a different projector from what I have. Mine works with the, reel, with the reels. Um, in 1981, uh, GAF sold Viewmaster to a group of investors, and the company was reconstituted as the Viewmaster International Group. So, in 1985, a Viewmaster entered into a video uh, arena by starting Viewmaster Video and teamed up with Warner Brothers. Um, records on a new live-action educational video series produced by Together Again Productions, Kids Songs, developed for the educational market. In 2019, Mattel partnered with MGM to announce an upcoming feature film based on the Viewmaster. Um, the project was co-piloted by Robbie Brenner of Mattel's Films and MGM's Cassidy Lang. Uh, there have been 25 viewer models, thousands of titles, and 1.5 billion reels produced. The basic design remained intact 
for, uh, for pretty much the entire time, despite its long history and changes in models and materials, ensuring that every reel will work no matter what model Viewmaster you have. That was brilliant, brilliant. Uh, they were recognized as part of the National Toy Hall of Fame, uh, and uh, which is exciting. So on to what's specific for us here. In 1981, GAF in the UK released the first Doctor Who via Master with scenes in 3D uh, from the story Full Circle, featuring Tom Baker. There were three reels and 21 pictures. They were sold in a sleeve that uh, is about 8 inches by 5 inches and uh, has Tom Baker's photo on the front. Uh, you can find these sealed for around $50 today and opened maybe around $25. I have a copy that is sealed. But I also have a set of reels that included, I bought these uh, at a garage sale, that included the Castro Valva reels that I'll talk about in a moment that were separate. So I was able to take those out and use those for uh, demonstrations. Uh, this one is hard to find, but in 1982, GAF released the Doctor Who Viewmaster gift set, which was in a box that included the full circle with the viewer in the box, pictures of Tom Baker and some of the scenes on the front. You can see my website for a photo. I do not have one in the collection, and I have not seen one for sale in a good many years. Uh, you could spend up to $400 for a sealed model or $250 for an open one. Very hard to find. You can also find uh, some good photos on the uh, Howe's Transcendental Toy Box, uh, so you can find that there. It's uh, toy. You know, I'll get uh, the the uh, link is uh, on our website, and we'll get that there. In 1983, Viewmaster released the second and final Doctor Who Viewmaster set with scenes from Castro Valva, three reels and 21 pictures in a sleeve similar to the one previously released, featuring Peter Davison on the cover. These are also relatively easy to find and could fetch about $50 sealed and $25 open. So if you're looking for the view, and of course the Viewmaster viewers themselves, I've seen at garage sales for, for a couple of dollars that still work. Um, eBay, maybe 12 to 20. Uh, the projector, I think was 30. That was kind of a neat thing and it works well, it really works well. So, um, that basically, you know, covers that. And that basically wraps up our alternative media. So uh, if you have any questions about the Chad Valley Give a Show Projector or the Viewmaster Doctor Who products, you can always send me a quick email at DoctorWhoCollectorsPodcast at gmail.com or stop me at any number of conventions that I'm going to be at this fall, including Doctoberfest, Chicago TARDIS, and possibly Consinity in Milwaukee. So thank you very much for listening and stay tuned for the most outrageous offer. Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss in story order all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whit, and every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Alison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitchers, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast on the Direction Point Podcast Network. Keep collecting! You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order, 
It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Gobranson, Asad Cheshki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire Hooniverse on shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. Keep collecting. There is no plot. I am being completely honest with you. And now it's time for the most outrageous offer, the part of the program where we take a look at an item that was submitted to us or we found on our own that is a Doctor Who item, a book, figure, whatever it is, anything to do with Doctor Who, that seems a bit crazy on the price, especially when others can be had for a lower price. That was more important there. Anyway, we have here, um, we have a Doctor Who official 50th anniversary annual by BBC, which came out in 2013. Um, Obviously, uh, many people have this already. I have one in my collection. I paid retail price for it. Uh, This is uh, an eBay buy it now uh, offer, so it should be up there a while. I'm going to, you know, the link, of course, will be on our webpage at drwhocollectors.com. The seller is Sadram, S A D R A M 24, with 561 stars with 100% positive feedback. Um, he is located in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and uh, it looks like the shipping is $4.95, so that's so far so good. But the buy it now price is $1,999, or $96 for 24 months with PayPal credit. Wow. Um, Even for less than one payment of that PayPal credit, um, you can have a copy of this for as low as $6. Um, And even possibly some new copies for around um, $12 or $13, maybe as high as $20. But... Definitely do not pay $2,000 for this. This is even the first Doctor Who annual isn't worth $1,999 here. That's that's crazy. And um, I can't believe that this is this was out there. And uh, this was something that just popped out out at me. And I'm like, really? Uh, Of course, as usual, we try to contact the seller, but the seller has turned off that feature unless you're a bidder, which is not a bidding auction. You can also make an offer on it, and I thought about making a $20 offer on it just for for laughs and giggles. In fact, I'll do that um, because it's about worth $20. Um, Anyway... Um, that's, you know, that's the kind of thing we look for is just this absolute price gouging and these, your poor collectors out there trying to complete your collections. And we've got a few, just a few people out there that are doing this thing called price gouging and artificially inflating the price of Doctor Who items. I mean, yes, there's inflation going on, but it shouldn't affect collectibles because that is not, you know, anything that you know, is is subject to the, the to the economy necessarily. I mean shipping prices may go up, that's but that shouldn't be built into the price of your product. You know, do your research, look up uh, closed sales on eBay, look up prices on Abe's books and compare them carefully for condition and other things like that. This says this is a good condition book, so that doesn't tell me a lot. The pictures look like it's brand new, but he's calling it good. And so a good copy for 
two thousand dollars. Wow, you know, I could, you know, if I buy up twenty of these at six and sell them for two, I could retire. But no one's going to buy that. That's crazy. So again. That is our most outrageous offer for this episode. If you find an item out there that just seems a bit too high or a little bit crazily overpriced, um, send us the link or a photo of the link or some way to get to us at either Doctor Who Collectors Podcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Twitter. And I will thoroughly check out the link. I will check out other books. I'll see if I can find another one. Usually that's the test there. If I can find another one for a low price, I will go with the fact that it's probably way out the mark. In fact, the fact is that this is about a thousand percent higher than where it should be. Um, And we'd love to hear from you. Anyway, that concludes the uh, Doctor Who Collectors podcast for this episode. I hope you enjoyed our talk on uh, alternative multimedia. In addition to our attempt at a Dalek voice at the beginning of this episode, that was not Nicholas Briggs, by the way. And uh, so hopefully you didn't think that. Anyway, we're looking forward to uh, a couple of future episodes. We're going to be having episodes about Chicago TARDIS 2022 coming up soon. We'll also have our classic hardcovers 1980 with uh, Tony Witt. Uh, We're also going to look into some other things as well. So if you have a a topic you'd like me to cover or something to look at, uh, also shoot us an email, drcollectorspodcast at gmail.com. And we are part of the Direction Point Network. Until next time, keep collecting. Doctor Who Podcast Network.